Hey, gang, I mentioned at the outset in my opening that my friend and legal colleague, who is not only one of the most accomplished trial lawyers literally in the nation, I don't say that just as as hyperbole, but but he is, and also teaches at the Hastings Law School, the Berkeley Law School, the Stanford Law School, and the Penn Law School, joined me on Saturday, Shane Inspector, and he joins me now. Hey, Shannon, I'm so glad that you heard my opening commentary. What thoughts do you have after listening to the way that I set this up? Well, Mike, I thought your commentary was great. I think there's a place for you at one of those law schools to teach evidence. <laughs> uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty complicated stuff. There's one thing that I just, I just want to raise with you, and that is I don't accept at face value this report unsourced that the president has waived attorney-client privilege with respect to this conversation with Michael Cohen. And I say that for, for a few reasons. First of all, clients rarely waive attorney-client privilege. It's generally a bad idea, and the reasons are obvious. I mean, these conversations that you have with your attorney need to remain confidential. Secondly, it sets up a situation where if the president waives attorney-client privilege on one conversation but doesn't waive it on the next conversation, the inference that can be drawn by uh, the public, the Congress, the prosecutors, et cetera, is that uh, there is something about that conversation that Im- indicates criminality. Uh, so it doesn't really stand to reason that he would have waived attorney-client privilege. The next factor is that the story is terrible for the president. I mean, that that conversation that he had with Michael Cohen, which Rudolph Giuliani, his lawyer, has confirmed the, the, the contents of it, demonstrates that the president knew about the claim from Karen McDougal in the fall of 2016, and that he was involved in some way in efforts to hush Karen McDougal which is contrary to what the president has personally maintained and what people speaking on on his behalf has maintained. So for all of these reasons, I I just don't accept at face value this argument that, well, the president put this thing out there. Even even thinking that maybe it's him saying, let them all talk about sex. I can survive that. I'd rather they discuss that issue than whether I was too soft with Putin. They're all bad topics, and the Putin topic isn't going to go away. Uh, you know, he has the issue of the summit in the fall. Uh, Putin is still the leader of Russia and will be for the foreseeable future. You know, these issues have been out there for a long time. They're not going away no matter what the president does vis-a-vis Karen McDougal and a tape recording with Michael Cohen. So it's, it, to me, it's, it's, it's senseless. The only thing that would support the proposition that the president did waive attorney-client privilege is that so much else of what he has done with respect to his legal strategy and otherwise in, in his conduct as president has not made a lot of sense. Are you back to thinking that this might be the crime fraud exception to attorney-client privilege? Uh, yes, I think. OK, so explain to... explain that, because we, I, I haven't I haven't done it uh, you know, full justice here. So take your time and explain what that would mean. Okay. Well, you know, the attorney-client privilege stands for the proposition that a communication between an attorney and client for the purposes of obtaining legal services is privileged from disclosure to others. I think most of your listeners know that. 
what your listeners probably don't know is that there are a couple of very narrow exceptions to that. And one of them is that if the conversation is in furtherance of a crime or a fraud, you know, if, if a lawyer and his client are talking about something regarding the representation, but it actually indicates that they're engaged in criminal conduct, then that conversation is not privileged. So you, you have a, a conversation here by all accounts where the president and Michael Cohen are discussing this claim from Karen McDougal against the president. Well, that's clearly an attorney-client communication regarding legal services. No question about that. So how could it be then released lawfully? Well, it could be released lawfully if the special master, who was appointed by Judge Kimball Wood back in April, has determined that this conversation is in furtherance of a crime or a fraud. There's been a bunch of discussion about how that could be. Uh, for example, with respect to hiding the source of money in a bank transfer, which would be a violation of federal law or a campaign finance violation, as you noted earlier on your program. So it's, it's, a, it's a, not far-fetched. In fact, it stands to reason that this conversation may have been found by the special master to not be attorney-client privilege because it was made in furtherance of a crime or a fraud by uh, Mr. Cohen or then businessman Mr. Trump or both of them. And I, I think we, ser- we seriously have to continue to consider that. I mean, the explanation, if I piece together the CNN reporting and now other reporting, the contrary view is that the Trump camp, the Trump legal team contacted the special master, I guess at the end of last week, said we will not assert privilege for that particular tape. And then having done so, dropped the dime to the media and empowered Rudy Giuliani now to to be able to discuss it where otherwise he would not have. Yeah, my Mike, it's just lunacy for the for the reasons I've just I've discussed with you. I mean, is it possible? Yeah, sure. But I've given you lots of reasons why not. Let me give you one more reason why not. I mean, the, the only reason why not additionally is, is, that, is that, okay, he would only waive the privilege if the prosecutors asked him to. And why would they ask him to? Well, maybe to build a case against Michael Cohen. Okay, why does the president want the prosecutors to build a case against Michael Cohen? Why does that help the president? I mean, to, to the degree that a case is made against Michael Cohen, he may seek leniency in charges or sentence by providing information about the president to the prosecutors. So the president should not want to help build a case against Michael Cohen. The president also tweeted on Saturday morning before you and I went on air, and the tweet that he directed at Michael Cohen represented a new stage of this. He's now in a public war with his former lawyer. What do you make of that? Yeah, that was also, uh, respectfully, lunacy. He tweeted at 8.13 on Saturday morning that the conduct of his lawyer in tape recording the conversation with with Trump uh, may have been a crime. And to suggest that his lawyer, who apparently may have the goods on President Trump, was engaged in criminal conduct. Again, you know, you're, you're poking the bull. Don't poke the bull, sir. 
don't do that because by doing that, he may gore you. He may gore you. Here's the tweet. Quote, inconceivable that the government would break into a lawyer's office early in the morning, almost unheard of, even more inconceivable that a lawyer would tape a client, totally unheard of, and perhaps illegal. The good news is that your favorite president did nothing wrong. Yeah. Right, right. I think you left out the first part of the tweet where, where or maybe you mentioned it, where he said that there was a, a break-in of Cohen's office, which, of course, yeah. didn't occur either. Yeah. There, right. There was no, there was no break-in. There was, a, uh, there was a lawful search and seizure of his office pursuant to a, to a search warrant issued by a federal judge. Okay, and, by the way, yeah. and, and by the way, by the way, that, that search warrant can only be issued upon a showing of probable cause to believe that there was criminal conduct by, by Mr. Cohen. Look, you're a smart guy who teaches law students at four different law schools. You have a lot of courtroom experience. You're reading the tea leaves. Is it possible, and you're looking for an explanation, something logical that makes sense, is it possible he's just spitballing here? And he's just throwing stuff up at the wall on a Saturday morning, knowing that the media will then follow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose it is possible. And you laid out in your piece this morning, uh, leading off your show, this whole sequence, even since Saturday morning, with these tweets about about Iran and the like. And this does seem to be, you know, that classic wag the dog situation where you're trying to get people's attention off on something else. And, you know, in Wag the Dog, famously, there was a war started to get people's attentions off in a different direction. Of course, that was fiction. I mean, I think that 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 as dangerous as some of this may be for the country, there's also this aspect of the president's legal defense. And yes, I'm a lawyer and I'm a law professor, and I think about these from a legal standpoint, and I think about these things from the standpoint of what would I do if I were the president's lawyer? I mean, is Rudy Giuliani, you know, pulling out his remaining hair when he sees this tweet on Saturday morning accusing Michael Cohen of committing a crime? Um, Is he pulling out his hair when he's directed by the president that that's what happened to waive the attorney-client privilege? Or is he drafting Uh, it? You know, I I think that Rudy is a good lawyer. And Rudy's a smart guy. And Rudy knows that that clients rarely waive the attorney-client privilege and for good reason and that it leads to lots of bad things, as I just discussed with you. You know, what happens when the next thing comes up and the prosecutor asks to to waive the privilege and and Trump says no and what inference will be drawn from that? Et cetera, et cetera. So I, I just have a hard time imagining that Rudy really wanted the president to waive the privilege here. And let's remember, Mike, it's not Rudy's call. It's the call of the client. The client must waive the privilege, not the lawyer. I hope someday we get to find out what was the motivation. I think we're going to. And I think we're going to, and, I, and I'm, I'm still in the camp of seriously questioning whether the attorney-client privilege was waived. Okay, and you've explained that well. Hey, Shane, and thanks for Saturday. Thanks for coming back here. I really appreciate it. Great, Mike. Great show.